This is Belize from UCLA Radio, and you're listening to The Menu. Good afternoon. You're listening to The Menu on UCLA Radio, a radio show and podcast about LA's wonderful food and drink culture and the people who make it special. I'm your host, Belize. And I am Henry. Right now, the food world has been turned upside down by COVID-19. So we're bringing you stories of chefs, owners, and anyone involved in the LA drink and culinary scene who are doing their part to survive during this time of crisis. Today, we're joined by Angela Wagner and chef Jen Valcarso of Little Llama Peruvian Tacos. Thank you very much for joining us today. Thank, Thank you. For you. Thanks us. for having us. Um, so you both met at the now closed Mochica and then started your own supper club called Recreo. Um, can you talk a little bit about how you formed Recreo and how it eventually transformed into Little Llama Peruvian Tacos? Jen, that's all you. Okay. So, yeah, so um, when I was starting, um, I started going to culinary school. I went to LATTC, Los Angeles Trade and Technical College. Uh, and during my first year, I was just getting a little bit restless. I wanted to, um, I just wanted to cook for people. Um, and I was working at Mochica as well. Um, but I kind of wanted to do my own thing. So I, I decided that I wanted to do a supper club. Uh, and I, I think we started it, it's been so long now, but I think we started it in 2011 or 12, something like that. Uh, and it was me and my friend at the time, uh, my business partner at the time. And I basically just wanted to be creative and have an outlet and have an audience for the food that um, I was making. And the concept for Recreo Supper Club was to just do a menu, a tasting menu of uh, multiple courses of food that, that I hadn't seen out there. And it was always a brand new menu for every dinner. Um, so it was sort of a, an experiment. Um, I would you know, come up with things and, uh, and hope that I'd execute them. Uh, uh, in a really good way. So um, while I was doing that, I was I, I was working at Mochica, and uh, I met Angela, and uh, she decided that she wanted to be a part of it. And you know, little by little, with her you know expertise and her charm, she just kind of like made it into a bigger thing than it originally was. Um, and I don't know, we just. Uh, that was the beginning of our friendship and also our um, business relationship. Do you want to talk about how we turned it into, or how we started Little Llama after that? Sure. Angela? Yeah. Yeah, so we did our supper club um, for two, three years, two, three, and it was great. Um, people really really loved it there was like a whole community that built up around it around the food we saw friendships form at the table and then they would all come together the next time and it was just a really good thing to see and um we we would only do once a month it was super high ticket super fancy and kind of an elite sort of special occasion experience so Jen came up with the idea of maybe doing something a little more fast casual that we could um, make accessible to everyone. 
basically, but still using the Peruvian flavors because whenever he used Peruvian flavors in the menus, people responded particularly well, like with curiosity and enthusiasm. And they're like, I've never had anything like this before. So then the idea of like making it accessible to more people and then using the Peruvian, the Peruvian ingredients kind and Jen loves tacos more than anything. He will tell you that. Um, it kind of all came together in a perfect storm and he came up with the idea for little llama and it was like, yeah, let's do it. And right around when we were talking about that, um, I think Smorgasburg LA started. So it all became mm. just this perfect storm of stuff that we had done, stuff that was happening in the LA food scene, um, where we wanted to go next. So, yeah. uh, Oh, sorry. Go oh, ahead. No, apologies. Go for it. Oh no, I was just gonna, um, just say that, that we just wanted to put, you know, together, you know, two things that we love. Uh, you know, Peruvian flavors and and you know, tacos. So when I was creating the initial menu for the llama, I knew that I wanted to do um, a llama saltado taco and a pollo labrasa taco. So I did a ton of research, and no one was really doing that. Um, and I also kind of wanted to create like my best version of 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 that concept. Like all our sauces and you know marinades and pickles are like made fresh in house and and I just wanted to make the best version of uh, one Caina sauce, which is a really typical you know, Peruvian sauce with a roasted camarillo pepper. Um, so it was it was kind of you know born out of a, a you know something special that we were really inspired by. You know. So, yeah. so can you talk about your um, your roles at Little Llama and and what you sort of do on a day to day basis and how your roles differ? Yeah, so I'm I'm the executive chef. I um I you know created the menu. Um, I I'm just in charge of everything that has to do with the food. Um, but you know we help each other out you know, conceptually uh, with branding. Yeah, but that's really my role. Yeah, I would say that there's a lot of overlap, but the easiest way to explain it is food and not food. <laughs> and I do the, I do the not food. Um, so general manager, uh, I do all the front of house stuff. I'm dealing with the people, um, the marketing, the branding, the uh, social media, and the guest experience. And at in our smorgasburg tent, I am um, in the front lines, in the cashier, dealing with the uh, I'm done in the trenches. Yeah. <laughs> Jen's in the back. Divide and conquer. Um, so, yeah. People and not food. <laughs> Which is for the best. Yeah. And before you guys, I've never heard of Peruvian tacos before. So I was wondering, what is the extent of, you know, the Peruvian cuisine scene in Los Angeles? Wait, I didn't hear the last part of the question. What is the extent of what? What is the extent of the Peruvian cuisine in Los Angeles? Okay. Um, well, we wanted to do something that, that, you know, wasn't out there. We felt like, you know, Peruvian food in Los Angeles falls under two types. One is the really high-end, um, you know, restaurants like, you know, Ricardo Sarate's, uh, you know, uh, in Rosaline now. Mm-hmm. Um, or the really like, you know, mom and pop, um, you know, version of that kind of on the other end of the spectrum. And it just seemed like there was a place for us to create something new. 
um, like a fusion. So we wanted to do really um, famous Peruvian dishes, like a lomo soltado in a taco version, or like a classic Peruvian ceviche on a tostada, like a Mexican tostada. Um, and we kind of felt like that would be a way to reintroduce those flavors without like a lot of commitment. Because, mm -hmm. um, you know, when you go to a high-end restaurant, you, you spend a lot of money and, you know, rightly so, the food is amazing. But, um, and then on the other side of things, you know, mom and pop restaurants, you don't really go to them unless someone takes you, unless you're Peruvian and you already know the food. Mm -hmm. um, so it, it just felt like an opportunity for us to, to you know, be able to put some of the flavors that, that, that I grew up with in a very accessible format, like a burrito, a taco, a tostada. Yeah. Right. What better way to um, transport those Peruvian flavors than in a, you know, handmade corn tortilla? Um, I was curious. <laughs> there's a lot there's a lot of fried mashed potatoes, um, which is a unique ingredient um, for tacos yeah. that I've, I've, that I noticed. Um, can you talk about how that appeared on your menu and became a sort of staple? Yeah. So, I mean, I, as you probably know, like, uh, you know, any Peruvian worth their salt loves potatoes. <laughs> we have like thousands of varieties of potatoes in Peru. Um, and so specifically uh, with a dish like the lomo saltado taco that it's a steak stir fry and it's got like a lot of sauce. I wanted something to catch it all in, in, in the taco. So we're doing this. Um, it's uh, fried mashed potatoes are like uh, uh, Yukon gold potatoes. They're, you know, double fried and then they're like kind of like, you know, smashed a little bit. So like it all fits, you know, so. It just catches all the sauces, like all the juices. It's just, and who doesn't love potato tacos, right? <laughs> yeah, amen. Yes. So it's a really, a really good way to say this is a Peruvian taco. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and you've been preparing to open a brick and mortar soon. Um, I, we've kind of checked your Instagram a little bit, so it seems like it's still on the table. Um, how is, you know, um, how is that going? Are you restructuring the opening to the needs of the community right now? Um, yeah, it's certainly been an interesting month and a half. Where are we at now? Um, but yes, we are going forward. We're locked in. We're, we were three quarters of the way through our construction phase when this whole thing went down. Um, so we've definitely had to, um, Luckily, in California, what it, the construction is considered, considered like um, construction workers are essential workers, and we're working with a um, private contractor who chose to keep going. We're like, yo, dude, you know, if you need to shut it down until whenever, go ahead. But he, um, he chose to, he wanted to, um, he wanted to go forward to, he's got like other projects lined up after this and stuff like that. So he's trying to get it done as quick as possible, but that has been a little challenging. <laughs> it has been a little challenging because, you know, things have shut down. They've had to restructure their like scheduling and stuff like that because of help social distancing. So everything's kind of getting drawn out a little more um, than it would have before. We don't have access to certain supplies. Um, so there has been a lot of recalibration. 
But yes, it is happening. And we were planning on doing a lot of takeout before, relying Mm -hmm. on lunch business. Um, Where we are at 2nd and Main downtown, we're we're right by the police department and the, um, the courthouse. So we were banking on a lot of like office orders to go, stuff like that, um, large catering orders for lunches. Um, so that was always part of the plan. Um, so we're just kind of focusing a little more on that and thinking a little less about, you know, packing the house. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, doing what we can. It, it kind of depends on what happens in the next few weeks and what the government like rolls out for regulations for restaurants. And then we'll plan accordingly. So we've got a couple of um, a couple of avenues we can go with, like rearranging seating, making more spaces between the table, spreading things out, or you know, thinking about staffing if we are just doing to go and take out. So it's kind of up in the air, but definitely all all systems go. Everything. Mm. Yeah. Do so, you want to throw anything out? Throw anything in there. Uh, no, I think you've pretty much, you know, said it all. I mean, you, you know, we're still, we're still, you know, firing on all cylinders um, from our side of things. Um, if anything, this has, you know, bought us a little time to like, you know, fine tune all our you know, systems, uh, get all the paperwork done for, you know, onboarding employees and all this stuff. Um, I've been, you know, revisiting my recipes, you know, just, you know, trying to make them a little bit better if I can. Uh, I had extra time to do that now um and so the only thing that you know concerns me is because we are a new construction we're going to have to uh be inspected by you know the city and that that might might not happen as soon as we want it to happen because of all this so that would be a significant delay Mm. that we'd have to deal with so um Smorgasbord, you've had to, it's closed up because of the COVID um, situation. Um, how was that, besides, you know, loss of, um, you know, income flow, how, how has that um, affected you in terms of, like, loss of um, community and creativity? Um, well, I mean, we miss everyone there right now. Like, you know, the, the Sundays were such a fun, really, it's like, a really hard long day, but also really fulfilling, you know, creatively and, and um, you know, big part of our, our, our brand. Um, so we miss being there. Um, you know, having said that, it's kind of, uh, it has, you know, give us a little more time to actually, you know, put everything that we have into opening the restaurant, but we were ready to do both, you know, we were just going to go, uh, we're gonna, you know, staff more people and hire more people and be able to do the whole thing. So, um, and we're definitely planning on being back once um, it reopens. You know, so yeah. Yeah, and unlike you know, um, brick and mortar restaurants, chefs and vendors that call Smorgasburg home uh, lost the ability to serve completely at the moment. Um, what other challenges? are small gas book vendors like yourself are facing right now? I think everybody's just like recalibrating and trying to figure out, you know, what food service is going to look like going forward. 
And it's actually been really cool on Instagram to see a lot of the people that we work with, a lot of the other vendors, like what they're coming up with, you know, as um, for deliveries and stuff like that. What is it? Um, Amaze Bowls is now doing smorg boxes where they're asking like vendor, different vendors to contribute an item and they're putting these prepackaged little things together. Um, I just heard about that yesterday. I think that's a really cool idea. And it's been, um, it's been really interesting to see the creativity that has come from it and, you know, how people are, how people are making this work. Um, I forgot the original question though. Sorry. <laughs> um, yeah. My question was what kind of challenges are you facing right now? Basically just like staying afloat, like mm. how to, how to, this is like a completely unprecedented time in the history of like food service. You know, like, are we going to have restaurants? <laughs> and if not, like, what does that look like? How can we still get out there um, in the community and serve people food, but in a completely different way than we've ever done before? So, yeah, everybody's just trying to figure that out. Um, we're obviously committed and invested into this restaurant space, but I think that um, going forward, it's going to be really interesting to see how like more like home chefs and stuff like that are able to access, access the public, you know, like just um, offering food off of Instagram and stuff like that. Like, you know, come by my house, get some stuff or, you know, the, this will be available here. Um, just whatever they can to, you know, keep doing their craft and keep connecting with people through food and obviously keep, you know, keep afloat, keep their staff um, compensated, making money so that, you know, it's a, it's a huge industry, it's, you know, everywhere, especially in LA. So many people are employed by this and they still need their jobs. So. Yeah. So, you know, whatever happens, we're going to, you know, we're going to be ready. You know, little llama is going to be ready with some tacos with some burritos and tostadas for y'all. So, Yay. you know, <laughs> Right. <laughs> yeah. You can have your Lomo Soltado taco very soon. <laughs> Sounds great. Yeah. Um, are you going to be uh, expanding your options in the brick and mortar? Um, like your, your dining options? Yes. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Ooh, tell um, us about so that. So right now, uh, well, not right now, <laughs> uh, <laughs> when we had a smorgasbord, we had a very, uh, really, you know, tight menu. We had like five, Five tacos and one tostada uh, and two refrescos, um, which is like our version of uh, um, our frescas. Um, but uh, the brick and mortar, we have a beer and wine li um, license. So we're going to have um, draft wine, draft beer. Um, uh, we're going to have uh, an extended uh, you know, taco menu, but also we're going to add burritos. Uh, and we're going to add um, our ceviche tostadas. So we're, we're going to have a classic ceviche tostada uh, with albacore tuna. Uh, we're going to feature the tostada we've had at Smorgasburg, which is the uh, shrimp uh, ceviche tostada with mango salsa. And then we're going to do a vegan, which is um, the pickled avocado and tostada. So, um, yeah. Um, and then we're going to have some sides as well. Um, some, you know, cilantro rice with one thing, you know, sauce on top. 
uh, we're going to have our version of an elote, uh, like an elote salad with, um, you know, aji amarillo crema. Mm. Uh, so you can build like a combo with like, if you want to do a couple of tacos on the side or one taco and two sides, a glass of wine, you know, rosé or whatever. Uh, we'll have all that, you know, happening. Definitely. Will it be? Oh, I'm sorry. Every time we've, sorry, I was just going to throw in, every time yeah. we've done the menu tasting for the new items, it's like the best version of whatever. <laughs> I, have, I was just like, oh my God, every time, I can say this because I don't make the food, but I'm a really good eater, guys. Um, but super <laughs> excited about all of the new items that he's come up with for it. Like, they're all just insane. Like, ridiculous. Oh, That's you want to tell about the shiitake? Yes, he has a, um, so Lomo Satado is a very traditional, very famous dish in Peru, um, which is beef marinated in garlic and ginger, kind of in a, like in a soy marinade, served with um, potatoes and uh, onions, right, like kind of sauteed together. And he Surprise. has done a version of it with shiitake mushrooms. Mm. So it's a shiitake, it's a vegan saltado. And the way that he cooks the mushrooms is so completely insane. Um, I can't, you know, it's very hard to get the perfect texture on the mushroom and he just nails it. And it's got so much flavor. Like you don't really, you don't need the meat, meat eaters, I promise you. Um, again, served with the same like roasted gold potatoes and then a wakatai aioli, a vegan version of it. Wakatai is a Peruvian black mint. So it's got the Peruvian black mint, some cilantro, vegan version of the aioli on top of it. It is like, like I've been going through withdrawals, not being able to eat it every week. Like it was my go-to. I'd have one for breakfast, a smorgasbord at like you know 10 a.m. and then one when we were done at six. Like, <laughs> um, yeah, I'm vegan, and after cooking so at home for such a long time, you describing that dish, I think that was like, I think. I was dreaming while you were like, describing it. It sounded so good. Girl, it's for you. It's got a crazy amount of flavor. And we actually have regular meat eaters that would come for the Lomo Saltado. And like when we started doing it, I'm like, no, I really try this. And they come back and they're like mushroom all the way. They're like, this thing is insane. Wow. <laughs> yeah. And, um, you know, we were also talking about how people are – um, especially restaurant owners and chefs are becoming more creative with how they, you know, serve their food to the community. Um, so, you know, have you been experimenting with new stuff uh, or when you're like creating the menu right now, do you ever have, you know, those ideas that are like, oh, like this could be great or, you know, maybe we should add this as well. Any like surges of creativity during this time? Um, I mean, I have, so our menu is going to have about like, you know, 20 something items, right? Wow. But in, you know, developing the menus that ultimately, or not the menus, but the items that make it to the menu, um, I have like a backlog of all these, you know, recipes that I'm going to bring as specials at you know, some point. So um, I'm always thinking of, you know, how to make things. I especially want to be able to have a lot of vegan options. I think that that I view it as 
a personal challenge, you know, for me to create something that is really delicious, but you don't, you know, sacrifice on any of the flavor. Um, and, and, you know, with Peruvian flavors, that's even like, you know, better, I think, but I'm biased. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I'm always, I'm always thinking about new things and I have a lot of, um, you know, recipes that um, I'm going to, you know, feature as you know, specials once we open the restaurant, definitely. Um, you mentioned pickled avocado. Um, how does that work? Do you, is it like um, a sort of slightly unripe avocado because it needs to be firmer? Yes. Like, how do you do it? Yes. So, you know, when you're like going to the grocery store and you like, you know, touch all the avocados trying to find the perfect one for guacamole. So the ones that are not perfect for guacamole, they're just like firm and you know, they're going to take like maybe one or two days. So those you can slice um, or dice into, you know, you know, big squares and just put them in um, a leche de tigre for, you know, in, in, you know, in this case, um, you know, leche de tigre is a marinade that we use, uh, you know, to marinate as seafood in a Peruvian ceviche. And it's got um, fresh lime juice, um, ají amarillo pepper or rocoto pepper, you know, depending on the spice level that you want to give it. It's got fresh ginger, fresh garlic, um, red onion, uh, and, you know, you blend all that and then just add your avocado and just leave it there. You know, depending on, on how firm it is, you kind of have to gauge it, you know, overnight or maybe just a couple hours. Um, with uh, fish, we try to do it like, or no, try to do it. We do it right for service because we don't want it to like, you know, sit there and like, you know, cook right. the fish. We want it to be super fresh. Um, so yeah, that's that's how you uh, do a pickle avocado. <laughs> did you did you say leche leche de tigres? That milk of the tiger? How did that? Yeah, come? yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's because once you blend all the ingredients, it becomes kind of milky. Ah, so, but it's. But, but I mean, obviously with a fresh garlic, the, the fresh um, ginger, the lime juice, and the peppers, it packs a punch. So it's less than a secret. That's the tiger. Yeah, yeah, that's the tiger part. Okay. <laughs> um, my question is, and um, now that you're very close to opening your brick and mortar restaurant, um, with the whole COVID situation, are you still hiring since this is a new venture or how does that process go? Are you still looking for, you know, employees? Yeah, we're going to, we are obviously giving um, top spots to the people that have worked with us over the years. Um, and between the two of us, we have a pretty good network of people that we're going to reach out to first. Um, but then yes, we will be hiring. Um, trying to figure out how that's going to work. <laughs> Are we doing Zoom interviews? <laughs> um, but yeah, we're going to get a full staff. Yeah, we're probably going to do a bunch of uh, Zoom interviews uh, just to like, you know, try to get the best you know, candidates mm -hmm. up to that point. And then once we're able to we'll bring them in for training, we don't know what that's going to look like, but mm -hmm. we're ready to make it happen no matter what so um you're going from uh you know people getting 
their food at, at, at your um, smorgasbord stand and they take it and they eat it standing up, you know, at smorgasbord. Um, now to um, inside, inside your new restaurant. Um, how did you um, think about designing the space um, inside your new restaurant? And um, yeah, what is it, what is it going to look like? The space, we want it to be like, it's fast casual as in, you know, you're going to get the food quick, but we really want to encourage people to like hang out, chill, take, try a, uh, like a picture of Sancria, um, Micheladas. So we re- we didn't want it to feel sterile. We really wanted it to feel like really warm and also fun. Like, you know, like the food is so fun. Like it's so colorful. It's got so much flavor, so much happening. Um, we really kind of wanted to create an environment that um, kind of mimics that. Like you go in, you just feel like relaxed, but also like refreshed and like, oh, this is cool. We could hang out here for a while. Um, so yeah, kind of just focusing on doing some elements of that. There's going to be some, you know, we're working on our Instagram wall installation, like with some neon, going to bring in a, uh, like a mural artist to do some stuff on the walls. Um, we have space for two patios too. So it's going to, um, like on the front and the side, we're not sure, uh, with the regulations, if we're going to roll those out right away, but we do have the option. Um, we'll have one to start and then maybe add on the the other one as we go. Still kind of working that out. Um, but yeah, kind of just like open air. We're going to do like bistro lights through through the inside of the restaurant. We really want to feel like kind of open air, very um, just beachy. kind of just, I'm sorry. Very beachy. <laughs> beachy. Yeah. We're, we, yeah. That's a, that's a good way. Yeah. To describe <laughs> it too. Um, a lot of color. We want to do color too. So. Yeah. When we were talking about the design of the place, we, wanted it to be really bright and just, you know, inviting. Um, we, um, it's going to be kind of like off white, but with a lot of color pops, like our floor is going to be blue, kind of, you know, teal, you know, stained concrete. Mm. Um, and, and then we selected, um, um, this, uh, Caesar stone for the countertop that it's gray. It kind of looks like you know concrete, but it kind of mimics like the Inca stones um, in Cusco. Same with the tile that we have um, on the back wall. Uh, it's going to you know echo that without trying to look exactly like um, like an Inca stone or like an Inca temple. Nice. Sounds cool. Yeah. The, the, yeah. The, uh... We're not just going to hang a picture of Machu Picchu over there. Definitely trying to work in some of the, some of the, some of the looks and some of the vibes, but also very like modern, you know, California, Mm. fun, chill, SoCal, I should say. (laughs) Yeah. And um, speaking of color, you also have um, had really like wonderful art for both Recreo and Little Llama Peruvian tacos. Um, did you guys, did any of you do the graphic designs for that or that's, that's all me. That's all Angela. Very cool. Seriously. So like those, there's like, like Godzilla ones and oh my gosh, it's (laughs) so cool. Oh, Godzilla was so fun. Yeah. I was thinking about that last night. Um, yeah, actually our favorite. 
That, that was that was one of our best yeah. supper clubs that we did. We we brought in a Godzilla expert that like before dessert we're like, okay guys, ready to have your mind blown? And this guy <laughs> does this like mini lecture about the the importance of like the kaiju characters. Oh, it was so much. Fun. That's so yeah. cool. Um, yeah. Yeah, so we, like, a, a lot of our, you know, our, our supper clubs, they all had different themes, and we really, you know, we really wanted to create a, 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 a whole experience with them, and it kind of started, it well, it started with the menu, and then the menu informed the graphics, and then the graphics kind of set the vibe for the night, so um, tried to do that a little bit with Llama, too. We want everything to be, you know, kind of cute and fun and approachable and all that. Um, but yeah, thank and, you for noticing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And Angela is designing uh, a neon llama based on our logo, also to be featured in one of the walls. Yeah, so that's looking really cool. Yeah, yeah that's what I was most that. excited about. It's like, oh, we're building a restaurant, but we're going to have this neon piece. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. It's cool. We can have yeah. some. It's so, fun. That's I get excited about that stuff. Like Jen gets excited about the food, and you know, there's there's the paperwork too. We do the paperwork, but then it's like let's get to the fun stuff. <laughs> <laughs> well, one of the you know one of the m most fun uh, you know supper clubs that we've done is you know the Godzilla one, and and it's a Halloween one because Angela and I both love Halloween. So um, we've we've done a couple of you know Halloween themed ones. I think the one before that, Angela, if I remember correctly was we served the last meal served at on board the titanic was that right yeah we had the recreo ghost ship so we did this kind of like haunted ocean liner theme and then um they recreated they recreated the the final the final meal on the titanic um, wow yeah people went nuts for it <laughs> it was it was good it was fun. I have. I still have a bunch of. I made all these like little art pieces for the wall. I still have them. I was like, is it weird if I hang this in my kitchen? Um, <laughs> no. <but> yeah. Right. <laughs> no. <laughs> what is that? What is the final Titanic meal? I don't oh, even. Oh my god! It was like fourteen courses. Like, <laughs> oh my it god! Was, it wasn't. No, no. The the original one. Like we oh, we pared oh, oh, it oh. down. <laughs> Yeah, like they were planning on being there for days, okay? Like, um, but I don't, um, I don't remember. We've done so many menus over over I the years. I know that I did. Um, it was a chicken roulade with black truffles. I remember that one. This is like, I don't know, like five, six years ago. Okay. Very many menus. Um, ago, <laughs> but I remember that one. Um, I wish I could remember the dessert because that's like one of my favorite things to do. Because I'm not a pastry chef, so I have to be like super inventive, you know, with m my limited knowledge of pastry. Uh, but somehow they always come out how I envision them. So that's good. Yeah. You, but you don't, you don't need to. Now. You don't need to downplay <laughs> it. They all turn out. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, you, I saw you made a, you used, I, I know I'm talking about menus that are old a long time ago, but um, you, I saw there was like a cherimoya. You used cherimoya in some, a French toast, I think. Cherimoya French toast. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That so, sounds actually, wonderful. I was curious yes. about that. Yeah, curious about that. Yeah, I have, I still have dreams about it. Um, 
Yeah, no, I'm glad that you brought that up because at some point we're going to do a brunch, um, a brunch menu for uh, in Little Lama. And one of the items that we want to bring to that menu is that dish that you're talking about. It was uh, a creme brulee uh, chirimoya French toast with um, Fruit Loops infused whipped cream and wow. a passion fruit uh, nut syrup, a passion fruit sauce. Yeah. Wow. It ruins French toast forever, guys. <laughs> <laughs> like, and French toast is already super awesome. <laughs> it, that's true. Yeah. yeah. Have you guys had Chirimoya before? No. I have a few times. It's like my favorite thing in the world. I was going to ask, is it, is it part of Peruvian cuisine? I know it grows in Peru. Um, yeah. is, it, is it part of Peruvian cuisine? Yeah, I mean, so not so much when I was growing up. Like, when I was growing up, um, you know, Peruvian food was very, it was made at home by, you know, your mom, your dad. Um, it, it hadn't really, like, exploded like it has now onto the world stage. Um, there weren't very many restaurants. So a lot of things were underutilized. And I think that you know, Chirimoya was one of them. But, you know, I think maybe like, you know, 10, 15 years ago when like the Peruvian food movement exploded, uh, chefs have been experimenting with like all the amazing fruit that we have. Like we have a ton of amazing fruit in Peru and Chirimoya is one of them. Um, and yeah, people... You know, people use it in pastry a lot. Um, um, I, I've seen it also roasted. Huh. Um, yeah. So, um, yeah, it's, um, it's really popular now. Like, if you go to any restaurant in Peru that, that is, you know, doing something, you know, innovative, you'll find it on the menu. Definitely. Do you want to describe the flavor, Jim, for people that... Oh, yeah. So, so, it's kind of like a cross between an apple, pineapple, and banana. That's that's just, it's got like the best qualities of each one of those fruits. Um, it's like, people, I know people call it sort, they call it, or maybe a, something, um, a, a relative is like a custard apple. It's like very, like yes. it's almost creamy, uh, insanely sweet, very tropical. It's super hard to describe, but it's amazing. Yeah, it's like if, you know, if you get, you know, all the pulp, and like you know, you blend it. It just has like the texture of a milkshake without you know adding any dairy to it. It's really creamy. Yeah, it's great. Henry, uh, do you have any? Well, um, yeah. Uh, well, I'm very excited about that because I love Cherboy. Um, <laughs> um, so, opening up a brick and mortar is hard enough when there's not a pandemic. Um, I was curious when when did you how did you decide that um, y'all were ready? What sort of factors did you say, okay, we have this, we have this going, we have this going, I think it's time. Well, the brick and mortar was like always the goal. Okay. We were like, we talked about, in, in the beginning, we talked about like doing a food truck and then, you know, the smorgasbord happened and we're like, all right, let's do a tent. And it was, it's always just, you know, steps. So we've been working for towards it since day one. Um, and it took us 
three and a half years to get it, to get it all together. There's an insane amount of pieces and parts and paperwork and people involved and all that. I think we started looking for spaces about what, like a year in, Jen? Didn't we? Like a year and a half. Like a year, a year and, and a half. half. And yeah. then, yeah, it went through various experiences with different realtors, different spaces, different things that fell through and, um, found this space on second and main. We're right next to the, the Viviana that we just thought was going to be perfect for us. Um, so we started working on that about a year and a half ago. Has it been that long? Year and a half? Yeah. Yeah. The, sounds about right. Getting and the biggest obstacle is getting like the permitting, all mm-hmm. that sorted. Like we waited um, close to like 10 months for our beer and wine. Uh, permit and stuff like that and then building it and things like that so it's it's always just been it was always the goal and we've always this whole time we've just been making small steps towards it um and then you know we thought we kind of had everything figured out and then everything changed (laughs) yeah it's been the goal since the beginning to have a storefront um i think that while we were looking for, you know, the perfect place to, you know, open it, we were always very aware of like the response that our food was getting, and it, it made us feel like we were on the right track. You know, um, obviously, if if the response had been different, then we probably would have, you know, pivot on the storefront. But it just everything kept, you know, building, building up in the right way. So it felt like. It always felt like the, the the natural next move, you know, to continue uh, opening or trying to open a brick and mortar. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah we we had a good um, a good amount of supporters over the years that we built up through the supper club. Um, so we we started with a good core group of people that would come to Smorgasburg to um, support us. And then, you know, the, the community gradually, the community and the enthusiasm gradually grew around it. So um, certainly that momentum helped us know that we were on the right track. And do you still feel the support of that community right now as you're working towards this goal and during the pandemic? Definitely, definitely. Pretty much every like social media post we do, we have people that, you know, chime in. They're like, oh, my God, I miss the taco, you know. And I mean, a lot of them since, you know, I've been at the at the front at Smorgasburg since day one. Like a lot of them, I like I know who they are, you know, (laughs) like it's like, oh, miss you. Like, miss seeing you on Sundays. Um, But yeah, there's definitely a lot of support, a lot of enthusiasm. Um. People, people are going to be ready. They're going to be ready to go back to eat, you know, go back out to eat. And like you said, after you've been cooking for yourself for so long, like I've been doing nothing but like live off of bags of like frozen peas. It's not fun. Okay. I need, I need restaurants. I need tacos. Yeah. It's our lifeblood. Exactly. Yes. (laughs) Exactly. And for me in particular, the, the social aspect of, yeah. of eating, you know, that is just uh, the community sharing a meal with people. 
I think yeah. a little later we're gonna uh, Jen and I are gonna do like a Zoom call, and I'm gonna eat a frozen pizza and kind of pretend like <laughs> and pretend like it's dinner with friends. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So we're excited to to open the the uh, restaurant and just get to see all those people again. And um, you know, Angela and I have a background on uh, hospitality. We both work, you know, front of the house. You know, as well so um that's a big part of what we want to do is create like a really nice ambiance for our customers when we open the restaurant so i feel like angela's doing or has been doing an amazing job of you know building that you know community um you know up front yeah it's been good i miss my people yeah <laughs> so um on that note how can people, customers, listeners, um, support you right now? Or, or is it just come, come, come once the brick and mortar is up and running? Yeah, or, I would say yes. like, yes, <laughs> <laughs> definitely. Um, you know, we're going to be doing, um, we're, we're probably modified, but we're going to be doing a, a PR launch and stuff like that. So I would say follow us on uh, Instagram at Little Llama Tacos and stay tuned for updates. And whenever we open, you know, like place an order to go, come down if you can. Um, yeah, come see us. Also yeah. like us on Facebook, Little Lama Peruvian Tacos. Yeah. Social it. media is, is <laughs> keeping us keeping us sort of alive right now, huh? Yeah, keeping us connected. Yes. Yeah. So we'll do all the information on that. Uh, of course, everything will be on our website and all that. But yeah excited to see um the people that we've been feeding for years excited to meet new people introduce peruvian cuisine to people who haven't had it before um and yeah gather taco enthusiasts citywide yeah. Wonderful. This was our interview with Angela and Jen of Little Llama Peruvian Tacos. They're opening up a brick and mortar pretty soon. Please go support them once they're open. Go like them on Facebook and Instagram. Thank you very much, Angela and Jen, for joining us. Thank you. Thank you so much for having us. Thank you so much for having us. Really okay. appreciate it.